You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 384. How can I develop my spiritual gifts? You know, spiritual gifts are one of those things that, for whatever reason, generates so much controversy in the church. Um, there's a huge, huge percentage of evangelical Christians that really don't even believe spiritual gifts exist today. Um, they, they subscribe to the cessationist theology that God doesn't use those spiritual gifts anymore. We've got the Bible now, and that's all we need. I'm not going to get into a big theological discussion on this. There's another time and place for that. But the reality is the Bible never says that. It's never implied in the Scripture that um, the, the spiritual gifts were going to go away until Jesus comes back, because then we won't need them. So, so I'm, I'm just going to kind of let it go at that. But, um, you know, I subscribe to the theory that the Bible is still true today. Uh, we don't cut sections out of it with our scissors because we don't like them or don't agree with them or they don't fit into our theology. We try and um, divide accurately the scriptures, as Paul tells us to do. And so we believe the, the spiritual gifts are active today, all of them. Uh, even the controversial ones, you know, tongues and interpretation of tongues and, and the others, um, you know, we believe those are active gifts available for uh, believers to use. And so we're going to talk about that in this, uh, probably do several parts on this series, <clears throat> and, and develop some understanding of how to develop spiritual gifts. Before we do that, I wanted to let you know this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Peter and Paul in Acts. You know, in the Acts of the Apostles, we see the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit being used um, by, the, by the apostles, and not just the apostles, by the Christians, by the believers. In the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit moving. Some people have even called Acts, instead of being the Acts of the Apostles, it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Um, we saw Jesus in, in, in the Gospel of Luke um, coming to, to, to minister for 30 years, and now in the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit's ministry through the church for the next 30 years. So check out my book, Peter and Paul in Acts. It's a, a look at their apostolic ministries in the early church and how these two men uh, were really responsible for so much of the growth of Christianity. Again, it's the, the history of the first 30 years of the church. Uh, this is my first book. I'm I'm definitely proud of it. It's a good book. It should be on your shelf. It's a great handbook to use while you read the exciting book of the Acts of the Apostles. So let's jump into talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, first of all, do we believe that God wants us to use these gifts? Do we believe that God 
um, somehow puts these things inside of us and we don't ever have to do anything. Um, it's just the Holy Spirit working um, through us whenever He wants to. And, and, and of course, according to some theology, He really doesn't. You know, I think where, where we have confusion, I think we just need to turn to the Scriptures. The first thing we see in 1 Corinthians 12 is Paul saying, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. What a great place to start. The Apostle Paul, speaking to the Corinthian church and ultimately to us as well, he says, I don't want you to be uninformed about spiritual gifts. I want you to be informed. Another translation says, I don't want you to be ignorant. In other words, we don't have to live in ignorance over these things. And Paul says, I don't want you to be. I had a well-meaning friend years ago, and we were. he went to a church where they really didn't believe in spiritual gifts, and he found out that uh, our church was doing a seminar on spiritual gifts at the time. And he said, well, I, I just believe if God wanted me to have a gift, he would just give it to me. And it sounds so nice and so pious, but that's not what Paul says. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be uninformed. Um, this is something really that, that, that we should all be pursuing. Now you say, wait a minute, he didn't say that there. He didn't say pursuing. Well, let's, let's go to another passage. This is 1 Corinthians 14, just two chapters over. Paul says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So Paul is saying, earnestly desire the gifts, and especially the gift of prophecy. And we'll talk more about it as we go along. Um, so, so my friend who's well-meaning, and he says, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll just give it to me. Well, that's not what it says. It says, earnestly desire. And, and I think what we find as we study the Scriptures, we see gifts being developed as we use them. Now listen to this longer passage. This is 1 Corinthians 12. And this is verses 4 to 11. Listen to what Paul says. There are varieties of, varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. Uh, to another's given the, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another's faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of being of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. And to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, understand the passage of, 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 that we have here in Corinthians. Paul is speaking to public, public worship. He's telling the Corinthians how to exercise the gifts in public worship. So, so there's a, a, a certain guideline, a certain set of rules. But what we see in Acts and other places in the Scriptures, we see the gifts of the Spirit being used in Christians' lives. Christians are taking these gifts and they're using them as evangelism tools. They're not given just to, to as, as, I, as I say in our new members class at church, to just give us the Holy Ghost tingles. They're, they're given to equip us for the ministry. They're given to equip us so that we can help other people find Jesus. So how do we develop these gifts? I'm going to talk about them. I'm going to break them down in a minute. But how do we develop them? 
Well, they're developed as we practice them. This requires faith, courage, and most importantly, most importantly, a prayerful dependence on the Holy Spirit. You know, the gifts of the Spirit, and gifts is a good word because we don't work for them, they're given to us, but, but in a real sense, they're also like tools on our tool belt. Tools on your tool belt. I don't know if you've ever seen a, a construction crew working. They've got a tool belt, and, and, and they've got these different tools on there, and sometimes they need the hammer. Sometimes they need the measuring tape. Sometimes they need the level. Sometimes they need a screwdriver. They've got the different tools for the different things that they need done. And I really believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to us so that we can help other people. Um, Let's look at a couple of examples in Scripture before we start jumping into the list. Um, For example, Jesus, when he met with the woman at the well. Now you say, wait a minute, that's Jesus. That's not fair. Well, listen, Jesus came... To fully God, but also fully man. And he came to show us how to live in dependence on the Holy Spirit. And when he met with the woman at the well, she was pretty much uh, turning away every uh, comment that he had. She was making light of what he was saying. He, you know, Jews and <clears throat> Samaritans don't get along. And so she was just kind of um, playfully rejecting everything that he had to say. But I really believe that what we see next is Jesus operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and he had a word of knowledge for her, supernatural knowledge that no way he would have known, no way he would have known without the Holy Spirit telling him. And he said, go and get your husband. She said, well, I don't have one. He says, that's right, you've had five, and the guy you're living with now is not your husband. Well, what that did was that supernatural word of knowledge opened the conversation up to a new level, and this woman found faith. What about a gift of miracles or a gift of healing? You know, what would happen at your workplace if you prayed with a coworker? What would happen at your place of work if God gave you some type of supernatural wisdom or insight into somebody's life and you were able to point them towards Jesus? And I'm going to share some more stories as we go along. So, so what I want to do is, is I'm going to start. We're going to start with uh, the, the the gifts of the Spirit that we read about here in 1 Corinthians 12, and we'll we'll take a few of them. We'll we'll, we'll talk about them. What we what we've seen, what we believe, what we understand, what we, what the Scriptures teach, and it'll probably take us a couple of three episodes to get through this. But I think as we do, it's going to give you some insight into how to apply the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life. The first one that's listed in 1 Corinthians 12 is a, is a word or an utterance of wisdom. Now, what sets this apart from other wisdom? You know, when you read Proverbs, it's, pro, it's wisdom literature. You, you read Proverbs, hopefully we're becoming wiser as we read Proverbs and, 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 and Ecclesiastes and some of the other wisdom literature, and we, we apply it in our lives, and hopefully that's going to develop our wisdom. When you look into the New Testament, the letter of James is, is, is in, a, in a real sense, wisdom literature. It's just chock full of practical, wise sayings that we can take and apply that's going to help us become wiser people. But an utterance of wisdom, a word of wisdom, what does that mean? Remember, we're talking about here, what Paul said when he was talking about these gifts was, 
was being empowered by the Holy Spirit. So this is something special coming from the Holy Spirit. And the only thing I can describe it as is when somebody gives you the answer to a question. Maybe you've been looking on Google. Maybe you've been trying to solve a problem. And somebody speaks just a simple thing and it unlocks that problem. This has happened in my life. It's happened in my friend's life. And even in some cases, I've been the one who's been able to give that word of wisdom. Where someone has an issue, they have a problem, they have a a challenge in front of them and they just can't figure it out. And somebody under the anointing of the Holy Spirit just shares a simple thing that unlocks that problem. I was having breakfast with a friend several years ago and I was facing a challenge and and he just shared something simple. I don't even think he realized that that he was doing it, but it was just exactly what I needed to hear. I had racked my brain, I'd talked to other people, but he shared one simple thought and the problem was solved. So so a word of wisdom is often just that supernatural wisdom that helps us solve a problem or unlock or answer a question. Now, what about a word of knowledge? A word of knowledge tends to be supernatural insight into a situation right now. We, we mentioned the example of uh, Jesus with the woman at the well. He asked her, he said, um, you know, Go get your husband. She said, well, I don't have one. Well, that's right. You've had five, and the guy that you're, you're, you're shacking up with now is not your husband. Well, that's supernatural knowledge about that woman's situation. Now, notice it wasn't to shame her. It wasn't to make her feel bad. It wasn't to make her feel guilty. It was to let her know that there was something bigger going on there than what she realized. Several years ago, I was, my wife and I lived in Brazil. We lived in South America from 2012 to 2017. And I was actually teaching in one of our churches down there on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and I encouraged that congregation, great, great friends of mine, pastors there. And I was encouraging their church to, to take hold of this, not just you know develop gifts of the Holy Spirit for their church, but look for opportunities to take them into the marketplace. Well, one of the girls who, who was in the church, she she was listening, and, and, and as she was listening, she, she began to pray, saying, God, I, I ask that you would give me a word of knowledge for, for Maria. Maria was a girl that she worked with, and, 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 and this young lady's name was, was Raffaella, and Raffaella said, God, give me a word of knowledge for Maria. Um, and, and the background of that was they had worked together for, for years, but, but uh, Raffaella had never been able to share the gossip, the gospel with her. They had had lunch together several days a week in the uh, little cafe or the little break room there at their business. But they had never really gone deeper than surface level. But but Raffaella felt a need. She felt a, a, a conviction that she needed to share the gospel with her friend. And so for two weeks, she prayed, "God, would you give me a word of knowledge?" something that will help me show your love for Maria. And she prayed. She said, God, give me some supernatural insight. Give me something. Give me some way that we can 
go further than just a surface level conversation. So for two weeks she prayed. And one morning before work, as, as Raffaella was getting ready for work, she was brushing her teeth, getting ready to, to go in to, 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 to their business, and she just heard this, this inside her head. It was just this thought that popped into her mind. Ask Maria about her husband. Well, Raffaella was so excited because she really believed she had heard from the Holy Spirit. So they went to work, and she worked. And then at lunchtime, they were sitting in the break room having lunch. And as they ate, Raffaella asked her, she said, Maria, you know, you've never told me about your family. Tell me about your husband. Now notice, she didn't say, thus saith the Lord, tell me about your husband. She just took what she felt the Holy Spirit had given her, and she, she wove it into the conversation. She said, you have, you've never told me about your family. Tell me about your husband. Well, as soon as she said that, Maria's face just dropped, and she began to cry. And then she laid her head down on the table, and she began to just weep. And, of course, Raffaella felt terrible. She said, well, oh, my gosh, what have I done? What have I said? I've said the wrong thing. Oh, no. Um, and she, she started apologizing. She said, listen, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say something that was wrong. And finally, Maria looked up and she said, no, there's no way you could have known. She said, but my husband just told me that he's having an affair and he wants a divorce. Wow. So... What happened? Well, Raffaella said, Well, Maria, I'm so sorry, but here's what I know. I'm a Christian. God loves you, and God knows what's going on in your life. Can I pray for you? And Maria said, Please do. She said, I'm Catholic, but I don't go to church. And so so Raffaella just prayed for her there in that break room, and the Holy Spirit came and immediately brought a sense of peace and comfort. And Eventually, Maria raised her head up and she says, I've never felt anything like that before. So she visited Raffaella's church several times. And I wished I could tell you she had a glorious conversion. I, I don't really know any more of the story. That was what I was told when I visited again. Raffaella said that it was still kind of a work in progress and she was so excited. But here's what I know. Because a young Christian woman decided to take the Holy Spirit at his word and ask for a word of knowledge, ask for some insight so that she could pray for a friend, this woman, Maria, had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that she had never had before. Hopefully it'll lead to her salvation. Hopefully it already led to her salvation. I hope, I hope she accepted Jesus. I don't know. But either way, she had an encounter with God. Now I'm going to stop there. We've only talked about two. We've only talked about the word of wisdom and word of knowledge. But we will jump back, jump back in next time and continue talking about spiritual gifts. So how can I develop my spiritual gifts? Well, um, let's pray. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to develop these things inside of us. And let's be willing to, like my friend Raffaella, put them into practice in our lives. Well, I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com. Leave me a question or a comment in the comment section for today's post. While you're there, sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me, and I'll see you next week on Leading and Learning.
Thank you.